This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, Ashy Certified Inspector and Inspectant Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. On today's show, we're taking a deep look at your summer projects and how you should be working in this heat. From the big to the small, we're looking for your DIY questions and how you work in this heat. Join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877 877- MPB ring that's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org how are you guys this morning pam You're jeff good. <laughs> i'm doing doing great how about y'all uh actually very well considering i know we're we're about to slam into another day of heat ready for uh everyone to work jeff or what are, what are you working on this week Man, I'm telling you what, 100, 105 degrees is tough, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, we we just started a, um, a large handicap project in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Um, so that's, um, you know, those are always challenging because uh, we're taking an existing house and, and retrofitting that house to accommodate um, the individual either in a wheelchair or a walker or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. A hey, quick question, um, Jeff, who is the always person challenging? Yes. Who's the person in charge of making sure everything is up to regulation and code for, uh, for that? Well, that okay. You? you know, that's a great <laughs> question. There, there are no government agencies overseeing handicap for residential housing. Really? Yeah. So That's what, surprising. What, it's very surprising. Um, what we do, and I'm CAP certified, C-A-P-S, which is a certified aging in place specialist. Uh-huh. So what, what, what we do, we, we, we kind of take some, some of the commercial guidelines and then typically we will get a physical therapist involved um, and they will kind of guide us. Then we set the individual down and find out what their mobility stru- uh, um, um, uh, struggles are, if you will. Right. And then try to take all three of those things and put them together and make something that, that makes sense for that individual, not only now, but 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. Wow. That's, that's something. So yeah, it, it can get very challenging. It sure can. Wow. Well, thanks for doing it. Uh, and making it safe. Uh, so Pam, is there anything you could say to make you look better than that this morning, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, uh, I had to cancel my vacation last week, so I've been kind of a sourpuss. Oh, um, bummer. Yeah, they don't want us up in Canada. And I, I go they don't every, want us up in oh, anywhere God, right now. Last, uh, about 12 years and sit on an island up there. And 
get out on a kayak. But if I go, I have to go quarantine for two weeks. And if I don't, I have to pay a $5,000 fine. So I thought I would just stay here. Wow. You yeah, know, you can so go outside and camp or something. And, um, you can go so to your backyard. The, you know, the, the pandemic, what it does is it, you, you have all this list of things that you're not supposed to do. So I started focusing on what I could do. And one of the projects that I started was I cut the the cord with the TV. Oh, good for and you. I, I got rid of my television. Mm-hmm. All I do is stream. And, um, and that, so I needed an antenna. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, so I got me an antenna and I found out this is really kind of cool that you can use the coaxial cable from your old TV service uh-huh. as your cable to your antenna. And you can also connect that crazy antenna to an old satellite dish brace. This so is, that's what Pammy's been up to the last couple of this days. This is so wonderful. <laughs> Rediscovering 50 year old technology. This is awesome. Uh <laughs> Good job. Yeah, That's so fantastic. It's just, I get these great. All the local channels are just beautiful. It's amazing. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> They've been there the whole time, free. So free, right? I don't pay a thing for them. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I got into, well, I'm going to lay this uh, project that I had to do this weekend on my wife because uh, she opened the door one time to let the dogs out in our house. I'm going to go ahead and kind of explain the house. Uh, we call it the cracker box because it's a, kind of a little bitty cutesy house, you know, but the doors are almost on the sides instead of the front and the back. Well, what it does is it leads us to when we let the dogs out, we have to then go to the back fence, open that and put the dogs in the back. So um, occasionally the dogs get a little rowdy and run the opposite direction into the road. Uh, And on this particular day, uh, another gentleman was walking his tiny little dogs and my big giant dogs came running out and he he freaked out. And I realized, yeah, (laughs) not good. So I had to to come up with a a good system. So what we did was I extended that fence this weekend, put in a new gate and basically made it so that when you open one of our side doors, it takes you straight to the back. So you no longer have to fight the dogs running away, you know, chasing cats on the other side of the street or whatever. Um, but I know, I know your neighbors appreciated that. Oh, I know they did, too. I know they too. <laughs> well, and, and the biggest thing is not actually the animals. It's me running after the animals screaming yeah. towards their yep. home. Yeah. So I think that's probably better for everybody. But but it was a neat project. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and it got to build something unique and remake doors, which I always seem to like doing, making gate doors for for privacy fences and stuff. I, that seems to be my my uh, specialty in life. Hey, Jason, I have a suggestion for you on that, something that? that I did at my house. My neighborhood is a big dog-walking neighborhood. Uh-huh. I mean, folks are out all the time with strollers and children and dogs. Right, yeah. And I saw this when I lived up in Bellhaven 20 years ago. I cut, I took my, um, my circular saw. Mm-hmm. And I cut a hole in my fence about the, now my dogs are small, so you may not need a, need a little bit bigger one, but I, right at the side at the, where their head was Uh and on the outside of the fence, I mounted antlers. 
So every time somebody walks by, my dogs run and stick their head <laughs> out of that hole. And people, it is just delightful to sit in my backyard and, and hear watch them people laugh. cackle in your dog. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh, laughing. Fantastic. Dogs barking at them because they look like they got antlers. Right. <laughs> All right, folks. <clears throat> Well, you've heard the monologue this morning, the opening routine. So go ahead and give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We're going to start with one of those emails from Carol. She's got a dryer vent problem. Okay, so here's the issue. She says, my dryer vent is not clean, and it's about 30 years old. Uh, she said it vents directly outside and has a very long tube. Should we replace it? Um, I'm guessing she's having some problems with uh, maybe her clothes drying. Uh, you know, if, if, if the tube, if the air tube that gets rid of that uh, exhaust from the dryer is blocked, it, it'll take forever for your clothes to dry. That's how you know a lot of times that the dryer vent is becoming blocked. Um, and it is a fire hazard. It's a huge uh, fire hazard. I was hazard. just going to add that. It's a fire hazard. So from it's our, a fire hazard. From our and if it's insurance guy. Old, don't you think, Jeff, if it's 30 years old, it's probably that corrugated, you know, that expandable stuff and yeah. that could come back in with a PVC pipe? Yeah, or, or a smooth, uh, uh, you know, uh, aluminum uh, right. or steel pipe. Uh, the thing to do is um, get that get that dryer out of there. Run that uh, what's that thing called, Jason? That you run through there and clean that yeah. on the end of a drill. I tell you, you can you can pick these up at any of your local hardware stores. What it is, it's a, it's a big uh, plastic brush, uh, kind of a roundish brush. And it is on the end of a long stick that actually attaches to your drill. And you can increase the size of this thing, meaning the length, up to about 40 feet. And it will go into your dryer vent, uh, into the little hole there. And it's going to spin around and pull all that dryer vent gunk out. Um, I've done this to my own home and was horrified by what came out of that vent. I just could not believe, first of all, that my house was still standing and not on fire. Second of all, I don't know how all of the animals didn't live in there. You know, I just assumed that there was animals living in there because it was nice and warm and soft and moist. And, you know, I just, it was terrible. So if you can clean those out, uh, great. If, uh, you know, she was asking also, is that something that DIYers can replace? Yeah, well, oh, gonna, yeah, yeah. Very, you could. It just depends easy. where it is. Sure. Yeah, so, it's just uh, a, go it's ahead, just Jeff. A six inch pipe. It's it's very simple, very very simple to do that. And you can just trace back where it goes from and to, and then uh, take the one out, put the other in. Even if you're yeah. going through walls. It, sure, and then just just FYI, they also make and I and. You typically don't need this unless your dryer vent is unusual, and, and we've all run across that. But uh, they, they have booster pumps that go in that pipe that will help exhaust that, that dryer. 
Uh, oh, interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. Okay. Pam, what were you going to say? Well, it, I, you know, to me, it would be, where is it? If you're running through a wall cavity. Right. Uh, you've up, what does Jeff call it? The hammer index? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hammer scale. Yeah. Yeah. If you get on that, if you get into where you've got, you're in between a wall cavity, and I've seen them like that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about to get your connections right, because what you don't want to happen is to leave a gap in that. Because then you're going to be pumping warm, moist air with lint into your wall cavity. And you've right. just created a whole nother problem. Right. Okay. Well, if, if so if you do this, tread lightly, right? Well, just make sure all your connections are good and tight because you don't want to be putting. And, and another thing that I see quite a bit of is that people will, what, what's out of sight is out of mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to connect my dryer vent and then I'm going to shove my dryer right up against the wall. <laughs> right. And so that connection is all crimply in the back. Right. I'll look back down there. It looks like an octopus living back there. I'm like, good God almighty. How did they dry their clothes? So you, like, it needs to be the shortest and straightest run you can get. Cause if you crimp that thing up, You've just reduced the efficiency of that unit and prevented yourself from drying your clothes very well. Wow. Okay, that's a, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, and and did she say crinkly? <laughs> I think I've seen that used as a descriptor for fries before. Anyway, this is where we are. We're going to get to Jesse yeah. on the phone when we come back. It's time for us to take our first break of the hour. But when we come back, we'll continue looking at your DIY summer projects. Also, let us know what's going on to stay cool. How do you do this while working on your summer projects? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Got a call in Brandon. Jesse's on the line. What's going on, Jesse? Uh, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you, sir? I uh, can't complain. I actually got a question and a comment. Go for uh, it. You're talking about ways to stay cool. Um, I'm currently uh, full-time RVing right now, and uh -huh. uh, running a 30-amp service, we're only able to want, run one 13,500 uh, BTU unit, and it can get kind of hot, so one way we're staying cool is we're getting a 50 amp upgrade and a second 15,000 BTU unit for starters. Oh. And, and that'll hopefully drop the temperature down because basically what it gets, whatever temperature it is outside is whatever temperature it is inside. Cause that unit we got now is working overtime. Man. I love that. This is fantastic. That's so, 
Jesse, that is so American. You know what? This ain't working. Double it. Just, just exactly. you know, just cream it. Okay. So that uh, good for you. Um, that's a good way to stay cool right there. Add more air conditioning. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And my question is, um, I'm in the market to get a new tool set, and um, I'm flip-flopping between two different brands. And I wanted y'all's opinion on which one you think might be better. I'm between Cobalt okay. and Craftsman. Uh-huh. And I'm like I said, just looking for opinions on which one you think generally has the better uh, quality tools, which one lasts longer, and just general opinions. Well, um, neither of those tools are exactly the same that they were when they were created. And here's here's one of the reasons why. Um, the The name Craftsman is now owned by Stanley Black and Decker. So, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so when you buy a set of craftsman tools or a craftsman uh, tool of some sort, that's actually a tool uh, made by Stanley Black & Decker. Now, some of them are made with better specs, you know, and a craftsman may be made with better specs because it's known as probably the greatest brand in tool history. But um, I'll say this. Uh, it may not be to the specs that the original craftsman made them. And cobalt would be the same. Funny thing is, is that you'll find that uh, the two different tools that you're talking about are from two separate tool companies. Um, but in the case of what you're saying, if it's me, I might yeah. go cobalt. That's why I was leaning more towards because I've heard yeah. Craftsman wasn't quite what they used to be. I just wasn't sure. No, the Craftsman name is like is like someone taking the the blue oval of Ford and putting it onto another vehicle. Craftsman now is just the name uh, put on a different product. All right. And something um, that I'll, I'll say from a female perspective is that Cobalt has the better ergonomics as far as the handles and. Um, in some of the research that I've done. So, you know, as a woman, I need something that's going to give me a little bit better leverage and a little bit better quality. So I would go with Cobalt. I don't, I don't know what, what does Jeff think? Jeff, any thought? You know, Hey, I, I'm a, I'm a believer in Cobalt. You can walk in Lowe's, pick up anything you want anywhere. And, and, uh, aren't you, are your RVing, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah, I do. Uh, I do a lot of RVing myself, and uh, you know, you can be in Florida, you can be anywhere, and there's a load you can walk in and get a get a cobalt replacement. That's true. Right. Now, Jesse, right, well, uh, an, another option. I do, I do want to say this, uh, and okay. and I kind of got burned this weekend. Believe it or not, uh, kind of long story long. Uh, I went to Home Depot looking for. Uh, Jeff, I don't know how you do your job anymore, but looking for wood for, for, for lumber and, and they were out, you know, at the store I went to. So I went to another store, which is a kind of a big box, but a, a lesser known big box. We'll call it the big green store. And they have just like any kind of local hardware store. They carry different brands. They carry different stuff. You can look at different types of tools, different types of lumber, different brands. Everything that you see at the big box stores, believe me, there's other brands out there that you can always look at. So 
So don't uh, take anything off the list until you look around. But, yes, the Cobalt seems to be a better tool overall. Even though I'm not endorsing that, I'm just saying I like it better. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, and I'll look into that. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, let's uh, keep on moving. Sherry is in Bolivar. What's going on, Sherry? Hi. I have a house that was built in 1938-39, and we are redoing the porch on the back. They at one time enclosed it, so I've pulled all the windows and all the siding out. Now we're down to just the floor and the post and trying to decide on what kind of wood to replace the porch with because I like the porch, not the deck. Mm -hmm. And also um, trying to decide on whether to paint or not. Um, And also like the handrail and the, um, the banister, I think it is going up and down the steps. Yes, ma'am. I can't figure out and can't find uh, what building codes or, you know, the height and so forth to, Wow. And you called a show with a general contractor and an inspector. You yes. nailed it, Sherry. All right. I, uh, I, I wanted to last week, but my, my boss interrupted me, and I was really frustrated because I couldn't get to the phone. So I thought, well, I'll try it this week. Dumb boss. Okay, go for it, guys. The boss. Right. Fire the boss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my ladies first. Ladies I first, Pam. I can't believe the boss would get in the way of her making a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pam, do you have an opinion? Pam, you hearing me? Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking about height on railing. I think it's 30 inches on the, uh, it depends. And then it depends on how, how high is your porch going to be? Is it like right off the ground or is it pretty high? No, it's, uh, say, four feet. It's on the back oh, of the yeah, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. you got to have a rail around that. And right. those, I think the railing, is it 30 inches, Jeff? I thought it was 33. Um, okay. Um, I'd have to look it up. I know the height, and even on your, uh, your rail coming up on your steps, make sure there are a couple of things that I see that people always kind of miss on whenever they're doing this. One is that that railing has to have balusters, which are the um, pieces of wood that the vertical pieces that go on the railing. They cannot be further apart than four inches. You can't be able to put a spear through that because small children and animals can get through. So you've got to have at least four inches there. Um, Then make sure that your railing going up your steps, you can grip that. What I've started seeing people do is they'll put a two-by-four there or a two-by-six or something at the top. Well, the problem with that is that whenever you go to grab that, you can't hold on to that if you're going to fall. Your hand will slip right off of it. So make sure that you're using uh, a product that is for that, that can be gripped. Okay. Um, another, the last thing I'll say, then I'm going to punt to Jeff, is that make sure whenever you take that off, um, what I'll see in old construction is that people will add things and they'll, they don't think about the sill plate on the house where the porch connects. Mm-hmm. You really need to check that because if you're taking a roof off and you're going to get water there, you, eventually that water is going to run between that porch and that house and it will literally rot out what's there. Okay. 
So we're not going that, that needs to we be weren't... flashed correctly. And I would even check it now as you do your construction to make sure that it hasn't rotted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We this one. Um, it's like the the roof and the porch roof are all one piece. It's not. Uh, we're not going that far. It's got a ceiling. It's it's. Oh, good. Finished off good, in good, there. Good. So yeah, they they had windows. They actually had the duct work run to the back porch. So there was a vent back there, which we had to cap off. And um, so we're just trying to put it back to an open porch, like I think it used to be. But it's 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 strange. It, so. I'm just trying to get some of this basic stuff down. Right. Jeff, Jeff. what do you think about the types of products she should use? Yeah, well, okay. Are we making a screen porch or or it's just just open open with no screen? Just open. Okay. How how tall is the ceiling? Let's see. I'm five, seven, six feet, seven feet, seven, eight, something like that. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I would probably want a six by six post. Um, okay. I'm probably going to change those out and put six by six cedar or cypress. Um, uh, if, if my, my railing, since you're four foot off the ground, Pam made a great point. Um, when you put your spindles in there, you can, you can take a tennis ball and as long as that tennis ball will not go through there, then a, a kid's head's not supposed to go through there either. So it's just a safety measure. Um, okay. Oh, 30, do they all have to 30, be completely 34 vertical? 34 to 36 inches on your on your handrail would be would be great. And um, uh, Jeff, did you hear her question? Do the balusters all have to be uh, vertical? No. Um, but again, as long as you cannot put a tennis ball between whatever you're using. I mean, I've used okay. cables. Um, I've, no, it, it does not have to be vertical. It could be horizontal, um, but still keep that same uh, tennis ball width. Okay. All right. Well, uh, another another thing that I would consider, I would probably put my my spindles on the inside of my top and bottom rail instead of screwing them to the outside. Putting them on the inside, the more pressure you put on them, the tighter they are. Putting them on the outside, the more pressure you put on them, the looser they could become. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It does. All right. What is the floor made out of? Is it like a concrete pad? Uh, No, it's just it's just your old fashioned porch. I mean, it's dirt under there. It's just an extension off the house. Right. It's just dirt under there. So it's like a wood wood slats on your yeah on the on the floor. It's tongue and groove. Um. But we're ha- I'm having trouble finding something that I think will work. I found tongue and groove, but I find treated, and then I find pressure treated, and then I found just one by sixes that are not tongue and groove, and I'm a little confused on which ones to pick. Jeff? It, you know, that's a great point, and I, I know where Jeff's going to go with this. Um, 
Which way is this porch facing? Is it east, west, north, south? South. 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 So you're going to get some rain on that. So, okay, Mm -hmm. Jeff, tell her what she should use. (laughs) Uh, It's it's outside. I'm using uh, pressure-treated. I'm using a pressure-treated product. Okay. Um, Now, if I'm not going to do that, and we've done some porches before with your – tongue and groove three inches wide uh, porch material if you're going to use that make sure that you paint all sides the top the bottom the tongue the groove everything gets painted prior to install huh okay if you if you look at these old porches they, they they would have the three inch a tongue and groove material, uh-huh. uh, and it's lasted a long time. But make sure you paint all sides. Okay. Okay. All right, um, Sherry. What, I hope you. Let's see. Let's take one more from you, Sherry, and then we need to move on to Ela. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'll send you guys an email on the other question I've got. But I remember seeing something about letting pressure treated lumber cure before you paint it. Oh yes. Yep. I have uh, yes. It's wet, wet. Okay. So there needs, you go. It needs to dry, and and you okay. can tell when it's dry. Okay. 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 All right. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thanks, Sherry. Have a great day. You too. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, send a picture to us when you're done. Send us some uh, before and afters. I absolutely will. All right. Okay. Ela's uh, on the line in Memphis. Ela, what's going on? Um, first of all, I just want to tell Pam I am now going to go get a small dog, a fence, and some antlers because that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have none of those, and I will. <laughs> that was great. Um, it will delight your neighbors, I, I promise. <laughs> it will delight me. I'll probably be on the outside of my <laughs> 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 All right. So the thing that I'm working on is um, – trying to recover my countertops with contact paper and I'm in the rental by the way I don't I wouldn't otherwise I would spend more money but um and I'm having a time with it because it's original you know what they had put in is terrible and the caulking around the edges is very poorly done but I just need to wait, find a way to work around it I mean I'm not going to be able to replace all that or fix all that I just need your help you know, tips and tricks. Is it, um, is it for mica? It's whatever fakest thing that you can think of. Okay, yeah. That's is that for mica? Probably older for mica, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it got wet and it got all, not all bubbly, but it just kind of right. came apart at the edges a little bit. And Bad part about for mica is it's going to be hard to stick anything to that surface. Um, you know, that's that's specifically what Formica was made to do was was not retain anything. <laughs> that's um, good. That's good. Uh, okay. Uh, that. Yeah. Pam, Jeff, any thoughts there? I've actually, my house is old. It was built in 58. When I moved in, I had the same problem. Mm-hmm. And I used I was just looking this up. There is a paint that you mm-hmm. can get at the big box stores and it goes on really thick and it gives a new surface to that formica. 
So I tried it and used it until I finally decided to upgrade my um, countertops. Right. But you could look into doing something like that. It was real successful for me. I mean, it, it seemed to work really well. Is there any way to remove that when I move out? Because right. I don't want to modify their, you know, junk. Yeah, this is one of the crummy parts of uh, being in a rented property. Um, there, there's always yeah. so much you can change. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I think I'm going to take a different avenue. I think I'm calling my landlord and just because what I'm hearing, the the Formica is actually coming up off of the sub off of the subsurface that it's glued down to. Only at the edges. Only at the edges. It's not bad enough to you know warrant okay, the okay. whole thing. Well, I wonder if you could, I wonder if you could take some epoxy and some some clamps and try to glue that back down. Huh. Um, maybe. I mean, that's a problem. Uh, issue. Well, I really wanted to lighten up the kitchen. Right. Like blackish, darkish. I got you. Yeah, you can, you know, you can use that contact paper, but you're going to use it. You're going to need a different adhesive. And the problem is any adhesive that mm-hmm. will stick to Formica is mm-hmm. going to be a pain to get up off of Formica. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. And then, well, and then, I mean, how long is that going to last? That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's. Yeah, well, either of these are, these are all temporary, you know, uh, yeah. things. And I would think, unfortunately, the contact paper would be most temporary because, you you know, anything that hits, it's going to go right through. Okay. Right. Yeah. But but you know okay. what? Do it anyway because it's pretty. Do it because you want to. <laughs> It'll give you something to do. It'll give you something to do uh, on the weekend. Right. Yeah, again and true. again. All right. <laughs> Thank you. It is time for another break. And if you want to join today's show, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to fixit one hundred one at mpbonline.org. We're taking your DIY questions, and when we come back, we'll uh, talk roof maintenance that does not involve getting on the roof. Stay tuned. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always subscribe to the podcast using any podcast app or MPB's public media app. Also, if you want to join the conversation this morning, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877 877- Six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Wow, uh, been a full day so far. We've got some more. I've got a uh, an email here that I wanted to go over with you guys. Actually, a couple of really good ones for summer. You ready for this? Okay, what is a simple uh, 
cost-effective recipe for use on outdoor brick patios? Uh, I've heard some answers for this before. We've we've seen we've seen and heard several answers on this show before. It started all the way from pressure washing to bleach to uh, a house wash to just simply water and a brush. Uh, any recommendations, folks? Uh, Pam, Jeff. You know, we had a caller a couple of weeks ago that uh, suggested a product called Wet It and Forget It. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And so I went over, she said it was at Costco and they don't have it. (laughs) And so I started and I found it at the blue box store. Uh Right. And it was like cases and cases of it just as you walk in the door. So I'm going to get me some of that and give that a shot. I've never used it before. Now, what was it called again? Wet it. She called it wet it and forget it, but that it's wet it and Wet it and walk away from it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jeff, uh, I believe you've suggested in the past uh, some soap and water with a brush. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not a real big believer in pressure washing unless I'm doing my flat work, meaning my driveway, sidewalks, and patios. Right. Uh, I think you can do more damage with a pressure washer on your actual house than than good if you if you're not careful so okay okay all right um number calls 877-MPB-RING that's 877-672-7464 here we go to another email uh this uh let's see person paint is coming off of the metal flashing under my roof uh how do you repaint what type of paint I'm assuming uh, soffits here. Is that what we're talking about? Paint coming off the metal flashing under the roof. Would this be uh, the metal coverings that cover the... What do you guys think? I'm thinking it's their roof-to-wall flashing, probably. Okay. Uh, What I'm guessing um, is get you a a high-quality spray paint. Be careful. Get up there and make sure you don't paint anything, but, but that particular piece of flashing okay do you, do you recommend someone do that i guess it uh, depends on the house gosh you know that's a ladder project i know <laughs> you know I, folks no, that's the one that's really gonna don't. hold the ladder right you know, it's funny. This show kind of treads on water when it when it, when it uh, treads water. Sorry, not on, but um, sort of treads water when it comes to that because um, of you it's know. Dangerous. If you ever buy a ladder, you'll notice you can't tell what the ladder is made of because it's just full of stickers of warnings of things not to do right. with it. You know, <laughs> exactly. So, so there's a reason for that. Uh, these contraptions well, can cause problems. You know, the 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 older I get, the less uh, of a desire I have to get off the ground. Right. <laughs> right. So. All right. That, we'll just stick with that. Okay, let's go straight to the phones. John is on the line at Osaka. Uh, he's asking about asbestos. What's going on, John? Hey, how you doing? Good. What's um, going on? I live in an older house, 
And uh, my wife is very concerned that uh, we both have health issues, that it's about the asbestos, that the, uh, the tiles contain asbestos, and wondering about companies that we can get in there and have them test out the house. Testing for uh, asbestos? I, I, so testing I, for asbestos, I guess, poisoning. Right, right. Um, so I didn't hear the question. Good, he, he's Jason. asking. He's asking. He believes that he's got asbestos in the home. Well, one thing. Um, one thing John said was in the tiles. Did you mean ceiling or floor, John? Uh, floor for sure, but also some of the uh, old old ceiling as well. Old ceiling asbestos tiles, and then uh, the floor tiles that were asbestos based. Uh, are you removing the floor tiles? Uh, not at the moment. I rent. Oh, I don't just, own the house. So. Can you buy a test that you can take to, say, your apartment and check that, uh, Pam, uh, Jeff? Anything? Not that I'm aware of. Not, not for asbestos. You can for lead paint. Um... I think, Jeff, the the test on that, because we've looked into it because we do environmental testing, it's incredibly expensive. And if you're renting, um, the thing about asbestos that you need to keep in mind, and really the same with lead paint, unless you're going to crumble it up and swim in it, you're fine. You know, unless there's a demolition. I love Jeff's question. Are you taking it up? If you're not doing anything with it, it's it's really not going to have much of an impact. But if you get well, a sledgehammer and start beating it up, <laughs> you release with asbestos. The problem is, and I, Jeff, help me with this. Isn't it like the little glass fibers in the asbestos that's so dangerous? Yes, it, it, it's just like the lead. It's it's just like the lead paint. As long as you don't disturb it, you're you're perfectly okay. Uh, there's a couple things if I have asbestos on my floor. One telltale sign, if the back of that tile is green, it is probably asbestos. Mm-hmm. At that point, you can send it off to a laboratory. They will test it for you um, and obviously let you know for sure. Is there um, also, Is there I, also? I've heard there's a, a size spec that you see a lot in asbestos tile? Um, like they're, they're under a certain size. No, you know, Jason there that you may be right on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously now, you know, we're making most of our tiles 12 by 12. I think a lot of the asbestos tiles we ran into was like an eight by eight or something. Right. It was right. a weird size. It was. Um, now th- there's yeah. another simple thing you can do. You could put a floor over that, over that asbestos floor if you want um well, a floating rent, floor what about putting you put a vinyl sheet good over uh, but i'm with pam hey, as, as long as you're jeff, not going to just rip it up i think you're going to be fine jeff he's asking uh what if he puts a polyurethane over it would that be okay would that i don't know it? that it would adhere i don't know if it's going to stick um, you know, the reason poly sticks so good to wood is because it's somewhat porous. Uh, I don't know how porous this VCT tile is going to be. Right. 
Um, so that's not going to work. Maybe try a wax product of some sort, John, just to put a, down. A, a what? A wax product. You a know, wax. like well, like they used to use on all fours. Again, yeah, unless you're going to, unless you're going to take this tile up, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Okay. All right, John. I, I hope one of those uh, things clicked one way or the other. Let's keep on moving. Mary is in golf court. Uh, in golf court. Goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, what's going on, Mary? Hey, good morning. Um, I work at a hardware store here in Gulfport called True Value. Yes, ma'am. And I was listening to the comments about the wet and forget it. Wet it and forget it. Um, we have a product that was introduced by one of our customers about three, four years ago called 30-Second Cleaner. We cannot keep it on the shelf. Um, what is it? comes it? in a small spray bottle. Um, it also comes concentrated and large, like a, I think it's a four- or five-gallon container. You can use it with a pressure washer. You can use it um, with a good nozzle on your hose. And we have gotten rave reviews with that particular product. Mary, is this, Mary, is it like a is it like a Formula Four Hundred Nine kind of thing? Is it um, is it an ammonia based or is it, it uh, like a Clorox base or what? You know, what it, do we got here? It does it does have a bleach base in oh, okay. it. Okay, um, you can smell it. Um, and 30, second clean, 30 seconds is kind of like the, the roundabout way to use it. You can leave it on for a couple, three minutes. You don't want it to soak. You don't want it to sit. Once you use it, if you use a, sec- a section of your patio, uh-huh. do the next section, go back and do the first section. Make sure you rinse it. You have to rinse it. That's the drawback. You have to rinse it, but it's a phenomenal product. You can use it on your wood fences. You can use it on your patio. You can use it on brick old patio furniture that you thought you'd have to throw away because of that green up that grows on it after a period of time. Mary, did you, did you say it. you worked at this store? I work at, yes, at this hardware store. You I'm on my way there now. are rocking it. I'm so glad to hear someone who knows their stuff. Good for you. Well, wonderful. I enjoy listening to your show, and I, I appreciate the time that you're giving me. Thank you, ma'am. You have a great day. Thank you. you. Too. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right, let's uh, let's move it along here. You know, we've only got a couple of more minutes if you want to give us a call, but um, I'm going to uh, go ahead and do one more email. We've purchased a home that has a Rubbermaid storage shed. I had one of these, by the way, uh, that is set up in a drainage channel. We'd like to dismantle the shed and then reassemble in a new location. We can't figure out how to get the roof panels off as they seem secured in a roof channel along the ridge. I had this exact same thing. And before I got my chainsaw out to finish it off, I did figure out how to get the roof off, okay? So here's how you do this. Um, Right uh, before you get to the metal track on the very end, if you look about an inch before that, there is what looks like a circle, a plastic circle with a tab on it. What you want to do is is put your hand on that, unscrew that tab. Uh, What it is, that's like a giant plastic bolt screw thing that's holding the whole thing together. There's probably a hundred of those in that shed right there that holds it together. It's kind of like, you know, the wooden dowels that you get in Ikea furniture and stuff. That's the same concept. It's those things, but they're made of plastic. They're about three to four inches long and, you know, they're, they're kind of large, but that's what holds it together. And, and, 
it did not survive the chainsaw. So. And then you hook it to your truck and rip it right off. Right. Just pull it straight out of the ground. And yeah. Um, yeah. This thing was a beast. Uh, it was it was there when I got there. And it was such it, it, it was it was a neat kind of concept if you didn't have a lot of space. But uh, but like I said, it was made by Rubbermaid. And but it stayed out there for a decade. And, you know, that kind of product just doesn't stay in the weather forever. So you well, what is it lost on me, Jason, is that this one was constructed in a drainage culvert. Yeah. Who thought of that? <laughs> I would think someone trying to make an outhouse. That sounds like yeah. I, mean, I can't think they of anything else you would do with that building. That. <laughs> right. Sounds like someone that knows more than I do. Anyway. All right. Um, so are there any passing words for keeping cool in this heat? Jeff, I know I've tried every towel, every hat every everything i could strap to my body to keep cool are your guys doing anything that's working this year yeah you know and and this is this is dangerous i'm being very serious drink plenty of of water or gatorade or whatever it is and, mm-hmm. and um you 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 simply have to take breaks i'm telling you it is uh it's brutal yes um, it is brutal Breaks are important. Uh, doesn't matter if you're doesn't matter if you're strong. And, and liquid. Yeah, breaks yeah. and liquid. And do I love what Jeff said. Something you can do too. I don't drink a lot of the the electrolyte drinks that because they've got a lot of sugar in them. Mm-hmm. But I will go and you can buy the packets and I will add that to my water because when you're sweating a lot, you're losing a lot of right. electrolytes. So you've got to, the water is good, but it won't replenish. Yeah. So you can buy those products and, and, uh, but yes, definitely drink a lot of water. There you go. Biggest tip of the day. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibas, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Wednesday uh, 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.